0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today, I'm in beautiful Santa Barbara, California, where the sun's always shining, with a very special guest by the name of Devin Crail. Devin, welcome to Cars Yeah! Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am. All right, we'll have a little bit of fun. Now, before we dive into the questions here, I want to ask you this. What's one little thing that most people don't know about you?
1: Uh, one thing is that... Um, One of my other passions besides cars is photography. And ever since the camera phone came out, it it made it a lot more accessible. And you you mentioned you grew up surfing. I'm a surfer as well. So I found myself often early in the morning or late in the evening capturing sunsets and nature and and stuff. And and, um, it's really been a passion of mine. A lot of my friends affectionately call me the Ansel Adams of the iPhone. So, yeah, I love photography and it's been in my family. My grandfather was a still photographer for Warner Brothers from the 30s through the 60s. And my dad, Charles, uh, was a cinematographer and worked on a lot of documentaries and TV in the 60s.
0: I love photography as well. And I've shot, I think my photo library has about 120,000 images in it now because I've traveled a lot, visited a lot of car shows, love to shoot cars and people. And of course, when my kids were growing up, I shot them. And I was really into Nikon cameras for a long time. And I was about to make the switch a few years ago to the new Sony mirrorless cameras because a lot of my shooter friends really love them. I played with some and I went, "Okay, this is the way to go." And then these darn phones, I just found myself carrying my phone more often cuz it's compact, it's easy, a direct link to social media which I'm always promoting. You've pretty much just embraced it, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And my dad's also always instilled in taking great photographs of cars uh when you're trying to sell a car to get the whole thing in the frame, make it look good, but also show the imperfections and be transparent about it. So it's gone hand in hand through uh, my career.
0: I've really struggled with it because I want to think I'm this great photographer. I do the best I can. I wouldn't call myself Ansel Adams, but I try (laughs) to be as good as I can be. Uh, But at the same time, this phone is so handy and I shoot videos for one of my sponsors, Covercraft. It's amazing how good they've become and how creative you can get. And then using Photoshop, which I do, you can throw it in there and do things to it as well. So I haven't pulled the, the trigger on that mirrorless camera because it's very expensive by the time I replace all my lenses and everything. And I just, every time I think about doing it, I go, okay, why? And then this year came along.
1: Right. Well, I, I, I have to say it's worth it. The phone cameras are handy and convenient. But if you ever want to go print something and, and printed larger than eight and a half by 11 or so, that the the quality just isn't there
0: print? Who prints anymore? I know. Anybody (laughs) print anymore? I I know there's some great photographers out there and I I follow some photographers, especially a surfing photographer that does some beautiful stuff. But yeah, I just don't find myself printing much anymore. But yeah, these magic devices that we have, it's absolutely incredible. I wish I'd had that as a kid. That would be pretty cool. Think of the surf photography. Now these iPhones are waterproof, so you can take them in the water. So yeah, it's uh, absolutely fanatic. So let me give you a proper introduction, Devin, and we're going to dive into your life. Devin Crayle is the co-founder of 0260.com, an automotive enthusiast website he created, along with lifelong friend and past Cars Jack guest, John Goodman. The site's daily fast finds have become a must-read for subscribers who get to see highlights of what they call the most intriguing cars for sale on the internet, delivered right to your inbox every day. The site includes educational elaborations and comments by the 260 team who are also automotive enthusiasts. Devin has been involved in the collector car business professionally for 15 plus years. He's acquired, brokered, and sold many of the world's most significant collector cars, ultimately representing over $75 million in sales. He's followed in his father, Charles Crail's footsteps. You'll remember Charles was a guest not too long ago here on Cars, yeah? In the collector car world. He's an avid outdoorsman, as he said. he's loves surfing, nature, and photography when he's not at a car event or matching a car with a client. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Devin. But first, a word from our valued sponsors. They make the show possible. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Did you know Covercraft offers you much more than just car covers? They have quality protection for the inside of your vehicle as well. Their plush custom fit floor mats turn any ride into something special. Or choose Premier Berber custom floor mats, a favorite of mine. If you want something very stylish and pretty unique, Covercraft floor mats are quality made and provide your ride with the ultimate protection from moisture, dirt, mud, snow, and slush and those occasional spills. Don't forget your vehicle's trunk area. Their Carhartt custom cargo liners not only look great, but keep your rear cargo area and seats protected. Custom fit truck liners for sedans, coupes, and SUVs are perfect to protect the factory carpet from all those things that can stain and damage your vehicle. All your options are quality made, easy to use, secure to the floor, and look oh so good. Check out Covercraft.com for a wide variety of styles, colors, and options for a custom fit today. And have I got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH120 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Simply use the code YEAH120 Y-E-A-H 120 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. All right, Devin, as we uh, continue on what I'm going to call this journey of your life, I'd like you to start with a success quote or a mantra. Some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life. It's a nice way to get the tires spinning a little bit here on cars. Yeah, so Devin, grab the wheel.
1: Um, well, I'd, I'd say one of the earliest things I were I learned from my dad working for him is you know car dealers don't exactly have the best reputation as far as transparency, and he's always instilled that that transparency is essential in this trade, and so so really always properly representing a car. He's always there's always something that can be done to a car, something more. And we don't necessarily always do it, but we uh, definitely like to tell the potential customer what is right, what is wrong. We can have things fixed if you want. You can do it yourself. And there's different pricing involved with that. But I think that that is a big reason why my dad has has been able to stay in this trade for 50 plus years and, and the, the relationships he's made throughout that journey has, have lasted a lifetime in a lot of instances.
0: Well, no kidding. You don't stay in business selling uh, used cars and they're much more than used cars, but you know what I mean right? by, uh, slipping things under the rugs, if you will. And the fact that you've carried that uh, venture forward with what you're doing now, uh, much like your dad and the cars that you guys sell and have sold are phenomenal your dad when he was on the show told a wonderful story about two old rolls royces that belonged to a famous film star back in the day and how he just kept calling and calling and finally got those vehicles persistence tenacity but honesty is the key and today i think with the nature of the internet it's become pretty much impossible if you're gonna not be forthright you're not gonna be in this business for long are you
1: exactly exactly and you see sites like uh bring a trailer and other sites like that where you're not going to sell your car unless you have 250 photos of every nick, scratch and, and ding and you're available 24 hours a day while your auction's live to answer any questions transparently and I think it's actually a, a a positive thing for the industry to make it more mainstream like that.
0: Oh yeah, and it helps us buyers too because we may not even know what we should be looking for. You follow those strings on, let's say, bring a trailer, and you see questions that you go, oh, I didn't know to ask that.
1: And, exactly, you know, yeah.
0: Those aren't the right size rims on the back of that vehicle. Why did those get changed? Who changed them? Do you have the original? I mean, you start to see this whole story unfold, and I think anybody, in fact, I know anybody because I've had a lot of friends sell and buy cars on uh, Bring a Trailer. I bought my collector car 12 years ago on eBay which 12 years ago was even dicier. <laughs> you yeah know about. You know, in in mine has a long story I won't bore you with. Yeah, I I was kind of like, hmm, before I send this guy some money, how do I know he even owns the car, which it turns out he didn't. He was selling it for somebody, but it all turned out okay in my case, but yeah, it's very important. Well, let's talk about this new venture you and John are involved with. I really enjoy talking with John getting involved with are having him share what you guys are doing at zero260? What does zero two sixty mean to you?
1: Um, well, so so John and I have been friends and worked together on some car projects over the years for a long time. We've even shared some working spaces together a while back. Part of our job is constantly scouring the internet for cars to buy and resell, and it's kind of a, a learned trait to where we're coming up with a lot of stuff. And way too much stuff than, than either of us could buy. So when when COVID happened and a little bit before, we were sharing some of the best cars we found with some of our friends. And we had a little email list. And, and COVID kind of compounded our free time into really diving in and finding so much cool stuff um, that we decided to put a website together to share it with more than just our close friends and, and uh, coworkers. And essentially, we curate the Internet for not just interesting cars, but good deals, fair prices, um, weird stuff. We love low-mile original stuff, and we love everything. Websites that are kind of paved the way, like uh, Bring a Trailer used to do and Barn Finds kind of inspired that passion as well to to share it with people. Because we didn't realize that how many people really find this stuff interesting, even if they're not in the market to buy anything. It's content that, that is that is interesting to a, a wide uh, swath of people. And so once we launched the website and, and we kind of just pieced it together quickly and we put it on social media and the response was absolutely astounding for us uh, to the of We've had hundreds of thousands of page views over the last couple of months since we've launched and it kind of got us our, our interest peaked into how far can we really take this? And is there some way that we can monetize it, whether it's with partnerships or advertising or classified ads? So we're kind of just delving into that of where this could take us. But, um, it's really turned into a passion to where I wake up often at 4 a.m. and I can't wait to see what I, what I can find on Craigslist or wherever. And, and then meet with the guys at at eight thirty in the morning and see what the, what they found and compare notes. And our morning meeting is 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 really fun and it's something to look forward to. And we're finding so much stuff that we just don't have time to write about. That was another thing we didn't really originally. We weren't writing about the cars; we were just kind of sharing them. And uh, being a publishing company, it's it's been a lot more time consuming than we expected, but we're still able to find some cars that we can buy and sell and pay the bills in the meantime but um and that's how fast finds came about we're finding literally 20 to 40 cars a day that we would like to write posts about but we don't have time so we provide just direct links uh to all that overflow
0: yeah you guys are uh you know i'm gonna send you a bill for all the time you take away from me because (laughs) (laughs) it's like bring a trailer you know you uh you see things you didn't even know you'd be interested in and all of a sudden, oh, this is kind of interesting. And before you know it, if you spend a little time with your cup of coffee in the morning, you go, oh my gosh, a couple hours have gone by. I've got some things to do today. But uh, what you found is there's a great you know a niche out there and by curating some of this stuff because there's so much stuff out there and a lot of it is just junk and you know oh, i just wasted over an hour. yeah overpriced yeah. store. yeah whatever it might be you're kind of defining that and screwing it down for us a little bit so that we can just find the cool stuff the interesting things and looking at your site i mean there's all sorts of interesting things there. stuff that i didn't even know existed like what is that i've never seen one of those before but you know you found the secret sauce to life that's what car yeah is all about You figured out how to do something that you love to do that you can perhaps build into a business here, which is tremendous. It's what I did with uh, the podcast. I started this just thinking I would have a little bit of fun, and it evolved into more and more listeners, which go, okay, there's some value to some advertisers there. And who knows where it could go? You talk to, to Randy at Bring a Trailer. Hearst just bought his company and yeah crazy he he just started that about seven years ago in fact when he was a guest on my show he actually announced i got a little bit of a scoop that day that they were going to start to do auctions because they weren't doing auctions at the original start of this whole thing and look where it's come so you just never know where this passion that you and i share with cars and your day job your your backup job here as this starts to build is finding some very cool cars for people to sell tell me a little bit about that business
1: uh, yeah. So I, you know, I've grown up with my, my whole life. My dad's been in the industry and grown up going to Pebble Beach and Scottsdale and Amelia Island since birth. And, you know, in the early days, um, I, I wasn't too into it. And especially the pre-war roles and Bentleys and stuff, they just seemed like antiques and museum pieces, which a lot of them are. Um, but as I got older, my dad, uh, was getting, said he was getting ready to retire. I uh, decided that I'd, I'd like to give it a try working with him, and as I delve deeper, it, it's really uh, turned into a passion. And and what I like about his business is he does he's known as you know a Rolls and Bentley and, and exotic car guy, but he does a little bit of everything. And so, kind of akin to zero to sixty, you know, he might have an 80s Mustang at one point or pre-war Rolls, and you never know what's going to come through your door, what someone's going to offer you. So yeah, working with him has really been a blessing and it's kind of turned our father-son relationship into a friendship and um, can be contentious at times, but <laughs> working with family oh, yeah. I, I, I think can be all around. But yeah, it's it's great. And like you said, zero to 60 and selling cars can kind of go hand in hand and and we are finding some amazing inventory through our searches. So, you know, if nothing ever panned out with that, at least making money, uh, it's still it goes hand in hand. So it's it's fantastic.
0: Let me ask you from an automotive enthusiast and somebody who finds and sells brokers, does deals with cars. You're the next generation in your family, although uh, you could be even teamed older guy compared to the much younger people that are following behind you. What is your impression? What are your positive thoughts about the collector car market for these 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds that are following behind us?
1: I think it's very exciting. It's extremely dynamic, and and really, sites like Bring a Trailer have have proven that. Um, I read somewhere recently. I think it was Haggerty was claiming that last year, twenty nineteen, Gen Xers and millennials outspent baby boomers in the collector car market. What? Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and but we're not buying the big ticket cars. Mostly, we're buying sub thirty thousand dollars cars. But there's a whole lot more out of out of them out there. And there's a whole lot more of us getting ready or getting into that space where we can afford to buy a luxury item, even if it's only five or $10,000. Um, another dynamic portion is that as our parents' generations start dying off, those classics like I see so many Bel Airs, Bel Air Coupes that were, you know, $50,000, dollars $100,000 cars not too long ago. And now they're dipping into the $25,000 range. Something that that now I feel like I could afford in the near future, and so I feel like in and even with Covid and uncertain economic times, um the collector card trade never goes away, the market never goes away, prices fluctuate, but there's always someone that that needs to sell a car for some reason, and there's always someone else who's looking for a good deal on something. yeah, I think it's exciting that it's become more dynamic. I'm seeing a tons of seventies cars out there now in Lincoln mark fives and cadillacs and stuff stuff that and then and the prices are slowly creeping up and my generation of people that were born in the 70s are kind of now appreciating 70s and 80s and even 90s cars as collectible and yeah like i said there's a lot more of them out there they're a lot more accessible in a lot of instances and so yeah it's it's exciting the, the dynamic way collector car market is going
0: How do you think that the electric vehicle market will affect the collector car market? Will it tend to drive it up because the gasoline-powered cars will become more and more seen as a collectible type item, or will these old cars, like your dad sold for many years, the Rolls Royce, -Royce, Rolls Royce Bentley pre-war cars, will they kind of go the way of the horse? Uh, When you think about it, the horse never really went away. It's just more of a toy for people now. They use it in special places. They don't ride them on the roads, of course. How do you see the EV market affecting the collector car market as you and I see it?
1: Yeah, um, it's interesting. I I don't think I don't think gasoline powered cars will ever go away, even if all modern cars are electric or hybrid. Maybe there will be uh, designated roads just for gas powered cars or collector cars. I, I don't know what it'll do to values. They'll never go away. I think the automobile is too ingrained in our society and it's an american way of life and and a global way of life for a lot of people so yeah it, it and maybe people will just start converting their pre-war roles in, into, into electric, electric yeah. <laughs> yeah who knows but <laughs> but yeah i think it's it's an everlasting um affair that that a lot of people have with with cars and gas-powered cars.
0: Yeah, I sure hope so. I always ask my guests about a big challenge or even a failure they faced in life, and it's really more about the lesson that you learned. So take us down a road when things were a bit challenging, but more importantly, what was that lesson so that you could come out positive on the other end?
1: Uh, Well, the biggest challenge I've ever faced in my life was recently a few years back. My wife and I had our first baby, uh, Maverick. He lived for just under a month. He passed away.
0: Oh, my gosh, I'm and, so sorry.
1: Yeah, that was an extremely challenging time. Uh, we've recently, or 10 months ago, we had our second baby, Remington. Remy, she's just a, almost a year old. But, um, you know, losing a child is is a very difficult thing. But it, it, the lesson I've learned from that, and it kind of goes hand in hand with the art of surfing, which I think of as a very spiritual thing, it's a time when I can go out and reflect on things and see the world from a different perspective. And so I think losing a child has, has made me more spiritual. I appreciate life more and the little things in life. And, um, yeah, it's a powerful, it's a powerful lesson. It's a journey. Grief is, is a journey. It'll never go away, but it morphs. And I think understanding grief and trying to learn about it and to uh, teach other people who who are going through that process as well um, has had a big amp- impact on my life.
0: Oh my gosh, I, I can't even can't even imagine. My my sincerest condolences for that loss. I whoo, take a big breath here because uh, yeah, I I can't even think about having gone through that. But you mentioned some things that are. Really powerful. And first and foremost, congratulations on your little one being a one. That's a tremendous new blessing in your family. Absolutely. yes. But surfing as a spiritual idea, as a reflective thing, I grew up surfing. In fact, looking at you on Skype, you remind me very much of a good friend of mine, Steve Bernstein. You guys look the same, actually. When you first came on, I went... (laughs) Oh, is that Steve? Uh, he's he's a guy that I grew up surfing with when we were growing up in La Jolla, and we uh, parted ways. He went off to medical school, and I never saw him again, but I ran into him again at SEMA about five, six years ago. He's also a photographer, a very good photographer. He's still practicing medicine, but loves photography. In fact, I've even sent him on some of my the trips that I can't take to races uh to shoot for me and do some of those things. We were talking about that, how spiritual and reflective surfing is. Those wonderful morning sessions I used to go to after doing my paper routes when I was a kid. I'd go <laughs> surfing and then walk up the hill to La Jolla High and uh put my surfboard in the gym and go to class with some sand in my ears and so forth. Yes, Uh Being out in the ocean, being out in nature. And I know you love being out in nature and so forth. How does that time... Uh, How does that help you get through a tragedy like you've dealt with?
1: Well, I think, you know, you you can appreciate the connectivity of all life and whether it's in plants and and animals and humans and that our energy never dies and it just goes on to a different space. Sometimes it's tangible, sometimes it's not, but especially losing a friend or a family member um, just remembering them is a part of keeping their energy alive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you sharing a really personal story with us. Let's take a, a breath. We'll take a little break here. Thank our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about your personal passion for cars. Because growing up with a dad named Charles Crail, who has a life around cars, you could could have either gone that way or gone the opposite way. Instead, I don't want to have anything to do with this. So uh, sit tight. We'll be right back. And we'll talk more with my guest today, Devin Crail. I found a new way to protect my vehicle, American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collectibles of automobilia and automotive collectibles? If you're like me. You've invested in a lot of cool automotive collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting us automotive enthusiasts since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI, yeah, that's 866-224-9324 and protect the ones you love. I did. American collector's insurance, classic car and collectible insurance designed by collectors for collectors, just like you and me. All right, Devin, we are back and I want you to share a story that instigated this passion you have for cars. As I mentioned before the break, you could have gone one or two ways. I know a lot of people whose parents are into one thing and they've decided that's not what I want to do, but you've decided to to stick with cars and we're all very happy. You're still part of the clan here for sure. What was that pivotal moment in your life when you decided, you know what, this car thing is for me, just like it's been for my dad?
1: Um, well, you know, growing up, going to all the events every year uh, for my dad, it was more about seeing his friends from all over the world who became some of his best friends throughout his life. And for me, I as a kid, I always looked forward to to seeing his friends and all these colorful characters and even the people that worked for him growing up, and mechanics and crazies and weirdos and car nuts and um so for me growing up it was always about the people. I remember my dad always having showrooms growing up. I think a, a pivotal moment for me where I I where I was like, okay, these pre-war cars or whatever Was when one of his uh, mechanics got a Ferrari Testarossa in, and I was probably six or seven years old, and he said, "Let's take this thing for a drive," and scared the living crap out of me. (laughs) And that's when I kind of realized, well, there's a lot, a lot more different kinds of cars out there than than pre-war Rolls and Bentleys, which actually I've grown a big affinity for as I've gotten older. And I remember, I remember we were racing down a side street parallel to the train tracks and he was racing the train we were we were safely far enough ahead but the but the sign was going down and he decided to punch it and go through there and I was just thrilled at how exciting driving in a car could actually be
0: your own personal blue train Bentley story there you go totally. yeah. yes. <laughs> oh my gosh well we won't let anybody know that really happened because otherwise they throw your dad in the pokey I think these days he might not even know that happened yeah <laughs> maybe not for sure well let's have a little bit of fun I'm sure you've had some very cool cars in your life what was your first really special car and maybe share a memory you have about that ride
1: I mean, uh, growing up, I always just had mundane cars, but I did have access to to everything my dad had in inventory. You know, I learned to drive stick in a a Rolls Royce Phantom II, Maharaja car, uh, which I kind of took for granted at the time. But I think, I mean, one of the most amazing cars that I've ever come in contact with and been able to drive in uh, was a 1958 Ferrari Testarossa that was one Le Mans in fifty eight with Phil Hill driving mm. and uh um, That car. <laughs> that car 0728. Yeah. And this was not too long ago actually, but being in cars like that with history like that and provenance and they're almost like living, breathing characters. And and it's happened a lot of times growing up uh with different cars, but that one especially stands out. And then also the uh the two cars that you talked about that my dad hunted for 40 years, uh, religiously. And I got to be there when he finally got to purchase them. Two Rolls Royce Silver Ghosts, one with 58,000 original miles and the other with 18,000 original miles. Totally original factory paint interior. And my dad's never wanted to take cars to car shows because he always felt like he had an unfair advantage to, to the everyday collector, uh, being a dealer. But that car he decided to take to Pebble Beach. Uh, pre-war preservation. And, uh, I could see that was one of his highlights of his career. And- yeah, it was no a, doubt. It was, a,
0: it was a fantastic story and any of you listeners that missed my talk with Charles Crail, uh, Devin's father, go back, you can find it. It was just a few weeks ago. It was a wonderful story and afterwards I looked up the history of that and looked at a lot of old pictures and that movie star and his home and where that car was when your dad drove up and saw those cars. And the fact that this guy answered, not in, he's not interested in selling and all those years it was, a, it was the owner he was talking to. Exactly. Which was hilarious. So uh, yeah, go back and listen to that story, listeners. Uh, you'll Really find it interesting if you missed it. Now, here's a bit of an introspective question, Devin. I'm going to crawl into your skull a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is how you perceive your personality kind of morphed into a vehicle. What kind of car would Devin Crail be? And more importantly, why?
1: It's a very interesting question. One car that stands out, we've had a few over the last decade or so, is uh, the Sunbeam Tiger, which, you know, it's kind of a uh, a hybrid of American ingenuity and, and uh, European-British styling. And I kind of think of all of us are, are mutts in a, in a sense with different backgrounds and parents from different parts of the country or different parts of the world. And um, so I kind of see myself as a sunbeam tiger. I'm usually a quiet guy. I'm observant. But when need be, I can unleash some ferocity, whether it's in the water or behind another automobile but yeah I kind of see myself as a sunbeam tiger yeah uh, one of my one of my all-time favorite cars
0: you know a, a kid that I went to high school with his name was dick actually and uh, which is kind of an odd name it was not an old-fashioned name my dad's name was Richard but he went by dick and this guy had one of those things and I didn't know a lot about it at the time but I remember going over to his house and he opened the hood and I went Wait a minute. What's that engine in there? <laughs> That's uh, a little bit of a tiger under the tank, you know, or under the hood, as, as they say, or the bonnet. Yeah, beautiful little car. So I, I see how that relates to what you're describing in your personality. So nicely done, Devin. All right. We're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a few questions, get some quick blips of that Sunbeam Tiger throttle answers from you. There's a Okay. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in life?
1: Uh, you know, I, I'm a people person. I love people and, and it kind of goes hand in hand of, of a big reason why my dad's in this profession. I'm not necessarily the best salesperson possibly because I, I really want everybody to be so happy that sometimes I get left in the wayside. But I think it's a good trait to have, especially in this industry where a lot of times people are selling cars because they have to. It's part of the family. Um, there's a lot of emotion involved. And I really do enjoy it when both sides of the transaction are happy with the outcome.
0: Well, being a people person, you're going to love the next question I have for you. If I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be?
1: That's a tough one. One person that comes to mind is one of my dad's best friends who passed away recently, Chris Renick, who was like an uncle to me. I would love to pick his brain. You know, I I heard a lot growing up about his Bible of cars and and I would love to talk to him about how how his uh, his view of the industry has changed and his view of some of his favorites over the years of how how that's changed as well.
0: Absolutely. Now, when it comes to automotive advice, what's the best advice someone else ever offered to you?
1: Well, especially with older cars, uh, I would say always check your fluids, especially if you don't, don't drive the car much, and uh, carry a fire extinguisher.
0: You know what? I've always carried a fire extinguisher, and I've actually saved, I would say, three cars now in my life. People who've had fires, I pull over and pull my extinguisher out and put their car out. My wife, when I was dating her, courting her back in the day, her uh, she had a cool one of those. Remember those little Celica GTs? Yeah. She had one of those, and it. Got an electrical fire one day, and she pulled over on the freeway, and she thought, "Oh my gosh, my car is going to burn up." And a guy actually stopped, and down in California, you'll know this—they grow that pickle weed on the sides of the freeways so yeah. fires don't start. And he started grabbing pickle weed and throwing it in her engine bay, and it put the fire out. And so he pulled a couple of fuses and said, you need to get this fixed. And she started the car up and she drove, drove over to visit me. And she goes, oh, my car caught on fire. I was so nervous. And I opened the hood up and to kind of look. I'm like, why is it full of pickle wheat? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I went out and got her a fire extinguisher. And I said, next time use this thing. So, yeah, carry a fire extinguisher, especially if you have an old car. Uh, the car you say might be your own. Or it could be a friend's or it could be a complete stranger's. People will love you for it. Now, when it comes to resources, is there a great resource you'd like to share? And I'm going to start the start the answer here with zero two sixty dot There's a great new resource for you listeners that don't know about the site yet. But is there another go
1: to for you that you really like? Um, yes, you read my mind. Zero two <laughs> sixty is 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 my obsession these days. But I love looking at other similar blog sites like Barn Finds. Um, I really get a kick out of it when some of our cars overlap and see what they, what they wrote about the car and what, what we wrote about the car. You know, I follow so much stuff on Instagram and Facebook that I can't even keep track of it all. <laughs> and so I love it when I open something, when I open it up and I go, Oh, I didn't even realize I was following this photographer or, or this blog or whatever. Um. Uh, but yeah, you know, zero to sixty has, has become our obsession. Um, you can find us at, on Instagram at zero underscore two six zero zero underscore two six zero. And, you know, uh, whatever, whatever they suggest is similar to it. I suggest you follow that too. Cause. There's a lot of cool cars out there for sale and, oh and written about.
0: Yeah, amazing stuff that you can find these days. And the way the social media and these computers are working, I think all you have to do is think about something and it knows it and it starts feeding you information. Sometimes it's a little frightening. Like, right. how did they know I was looking for a new coffee maker? That's really yeah. weird. My wife keeps saying we need to turn Alexa off. She goes, "I think that gal's listening to every word we say. It could be. Right? Who knows? Now, when it comes to books, uh, are you much of a reader? And if so is there a book you'd like to recommend?
1: You know, I love reading. I rarely find the time to do it, right? Read books at least because I'm constantly reading about cars. Um, but I did a couple of years back. My wife and I were on a vacation and I picked up a Game of Thrones book. Uh-huh. And next thing I know, I devoured all four or five of them within <laughs> a, like 30 day period, which was a phenomenal feat. But they're they're page turners and uh, pretty exciting books.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, I'll make sure I put links to all these great resources Devin has shared today on his very own Cars yeah! show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Devin Crail, C-R-A-I-L and that page will pop right up. All right, Devin, we're up to the checkered flag. This could be a difficult question for you, but maybe not. I'm going to buy you a collector car today. Any car in the world that exists, maybe a car you know of, a car you've never seen, but you've heard of. doesn't really matter. I'm going to park it in your garage, but there are some rules to my game that might make this a little bit of a challenge. One is you can't sell it, to buy a bunch of other cars with. So if you buy the most expensive car, you're stuck with it. I wanted to tick a lot of boxes, so I want you to drive it up and down the coast because you've got some beautiful roads to drive on there in Santa Barbara. But here's the hard part. It's the only one cool collector vehicle that you can have in your garage. So choose wisely, my friend.
1: That is an extremely difficult question, especially having seen hundreds and hundreds of cars throughout my whole life, go through my my father's hands, you know, that Ferrari Testarossa I was telling you about would would be at the top of the list. But I'd have to say, going back to Sunbeam Tigers, we recently had a 1967 Sunbeam Tiger Mark II uh, that a friend turned us on to. And it was a one owner car. It was a couple. They bought it for each other for their first wedding anniversary, brand new in 1967. And they had it Until we bought it in 2017 from them, it had 60,000 original miles on it, factory paint and interior, and just enough patina to make you not want to do anything to it. I mean, it was just perfect. It's drivable. It's exciting. You can have top down, top up, hard top, soft top, anything you want. Um, the surfboards will have to stay at home, but that's okay. We can find one when we get to where we're going. But I would say that, that low mile original owner, 67 Sunbeam Tiger Mark II would would be at the very top of the list.
0: You know, this is pretty interesting, Devin, because you've been around some of the most phenomenal cars on the planet growing up with a father that you have. And the fact that you chose this car, not a terribly valuable car from a monetary sense, but emotionally- it tugged on all the strings that made you say that 67. And is it the story behind the car that's equally it is. as
1: powerful? It is. And that's one thing I, I learned also from my dad growing up. It's, it's not always about the cars. It's about the journey. It's about the people. It's about the history. And I'm actually still in contact with the previous owners of the Tiger. I talked to them when our son passed away. I talked to them when our daughter was born. They check in with me all the time. And it's turned into potentially a lifelong friendship,
0: that's nice. Well, that's what makes cars so special. And that's what I've learned. Having talked to uh, 1,717 people now here on Cars. Yeah.
1: Mind boggling. Uh,
0: I Sometimes I don't believe the numbers. It's just kind of crazy to me. But you know what? It's pretty darn cool that I get to spend days talking to somebody like you and getting to know you better. And I love the fact that I've had a lot of father and sons. I've had mothers and daughters uh, and fathers and daughters. I've had all these combinations. And the fact that now I've had you on the show is pretty darn special. So I'll get out there and... Uh, find you that car and drive that up to or down, I guess, since I'm north of you down, down to Santa Barbara <laughs> and park that in your garage. Devin, you taking me on a really fun ride today. Your dad said I would have fun talking with you. Uh, I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Also, I also want to thank Cindy Meidel, PR gal who has connected us. She connects me with some wonderful people. So she's really the one responsible for getting you on the show today. Before I let you go, could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive up the Coast Highway in that 67 Sunbeam Tiger Mark II, no doubt with the top down?
1: <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, I have to say that I'm, I'm very lucky enough to, to do something for a living that I love, that's something that's turned into more of a passion as, as I'm giving other people joy, that's totally free to them, and cars really bring people together, um but if you're lucky enough to do it, to love what you do and you do it with integrity and honesty it'll bring you a lifetime of friendships that is a real blessing
0: Oh, absolutely! And uh, if any of you listeners uh, missed my talk with Devin's partner at zero two sixty, that's the word zero and the number two six zero zero to sixty. Do you get it? Very good, John Goodman. Go back and listen to his show because he shared another aspect of this partnership that these two have and their passion for cars and bringing people and cars together, which is really what they're doing. You can find everything on Devin's show notes page at the CarGia yeah website. Check it out. Follow them social media, their website. I think you're going to have a lot of fun. But make sure you spend a little or have a little extra time each day to sit down because they're going to consume a little bit of your time but you're going to be happy about it i promise you that devin thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners until you and i talk again i'll see you down the road thank you mark this has been fun let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at cars yeah America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is Tech Force Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, Tech Force is bringing bright young students into the auto diesel aviation marine motorcycle motorsports and restoration worlds to date they've awarded more than 10 million dollars in scholarships and grants to tech students and in times like these i don't have to tell you how essential those techs are keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping america rolling to learn more about tech force or to make a donation to this cause visit www.techforce.org you'll be glad you did What do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over a 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Kevin Buckler, racer and the racing group's team owner, you create Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, and a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Redline. It's a rich and complex blend delivering a taste of ripe blackberries, black cherry licorice, and a hint of toasty oak. An added very cool option is that this features the world's first interactive wine label. That's right. When you pour the wine, the three-dimensional tachometer actually hits the red line. It's incredible. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARS, yeah, all one word in all caps, when you go to checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wines from the Racing Series. The wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH Checkoff for $10 off of your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code Yeah to save $10 today. <laughs> Cheers! Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to carsya.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.